0: Mother Man You're listening to Brutal Rewind Brought to you by your friends at Murder Metal Mayhem We take a topic we've already covered hogtie it Put a ball gag in its mouth And throw it head first into a wood chipper What comes out is our new twist on the subject Brutal Rewind is exclusively brought to you Shaker's Cigar Bar in Milwaukee, the most haunted bar in the United States. Book a ghost tour at Shaker's today at hangmantours.com. And now, here's your Brutal Rewind. We're doing a Brutal Rewind here, very first Brutal Rewind. I got my buddy Tex on Messenger with me, and Tex, how you doing over there?
1: Doing great, man. It's uh, sunny and 56 or so here in Damn. Central Texas. Yeah, you just, nice.
0: just kicked me in the scrotum, dude, because it's pretty fucking cold over here. Man. <laughs> it's sunny, but it's, uh, I think, in the 30s. It's it's pretty cool, and been getting down there at night, so certainly not, uh, not Texas weather, that's for sure. So... Uh, but I've been back here 25 years since I left the state of Texas, so it's been that long since I've been there, and uh, and you're there, of course, and I'm glad uh, glad everything is going good. And uh, when we thought about doing this brutal rewind, it really spawned from you when we first started talking. You said something like, hey, I wished I would have been doing these with you guys when you did the... Carla Faye Tucker episode which was of course episode 60 back in June of uh, this year 2019 and uh, I thought you know that might be kind of cool we go back maybe if we've done one where there's some new info or something that we maybe forgot to mention or wanted to mention or some kind of new angle to the story so I kind of put it on the shelf and thought this might be something cool to do well then this came up again and Thinking of bonus episodes for weeks where we maybe wanted to be off because of holidays and stuff like that, and so I thought, why don't we get Tex on? We'll do a Carla Faye like a little mini episode, and because uh, that was a big one, I think it's in our top ten most listened to episodes since we've been doing the podcast. And I don't know what it is, Tex. I mean, what do you think? Is it the the chick angle that makes it? one that maybe listeners maybe thinks more interesting than than some of the others we've done
1: I think it is man you know you don't you don't hear about too many uh, females being executed so that's probably the angle that uh, people like
0: that's true now in Texas of course you guys I don't know if Texas leads the country do you know in executions
1: it leads the country um, in executions and I think it far surpasses uh any other state um i know that um i believe we have executed 556 since 1976 when they reinstituted um you know the death penalty right and it's, and only uh five of those were females so wow yeah
0: now, that's interesting. Now, you said, we were just talking about this last episode, this very topic, you were saying that you spent some time working uh, on death row in a female, uh, with females, and I know that, uh, of course, that's why we have you on on these episodes, because of your expertise in the field, but what was that like, being around women in that type of environment?
1: It was actually pretty peaceful. Um... The only time it got uh, exciting maybe is when they one of the uh, inmates had a an interview to do or um, we had special visits from dignitaries and um, anything like that. But it was pretty normal.
0: Right. Now, um, I've been, from my working life, worked in prisons both male and female, and I, I don't like the female prisons at all. I just... I don't know if it's my old school nature or what, but I have a really hard time with women talking like crass and nasty. And, of course, in a women's prison, that's all you hear. Um, And it really bothers me more so than hearing guys like that. I don't know what's what overall, not just the death row part of it, but women institutions in general. What what is your feeling on working in both?
1: You know, I've, I've been with the state almost 10 years now, and um, I didn't really think about it from that angle. But now that you bring it up, yes, um, they do seem a little bit more um, crass, a little bit more uh, hardcore with language and the, just the way they do things. The male inmates tend to respect the, the female correctional officers a little bit more. And the females respect the men. Um, it's kind of weird when you first go in there and you're hearing cat calls. Right. And you, you're like, oh, no, they're they're doing that to me.
0: Right, right.
1: So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's a weird experience in the beginning, but I guess I've gotten used to it. So right, didn't really think about it that way.
0: Of course, with you being text and everything, you cat calls to you, that's just an every-fucking-day occurrence. I mean, just walking down the street, women just throwing themselves at you, you know panties flying across the street that sort of thing right
1: well you know it is what it is <laughs>
0: <laughs> you are tax that's for sure no that's great dude so yeah i know what you mean though the female institutions are definitely weird my dad had the same thought uh he worked in a in a triple max uh, women's institution in bedford hills new york where amy fisher and some uh, famous clientele were and then across the street there was a men's institution where they classified the inmates and he always said that he much preferred being in the male institution because of that with the women and the way they were and also a lot of them were very accusatory of males you know, touching them, looking at them, anything like that they could stir up. It was a way to kind of get people in trouble or whatever. They, they just kind of enjoyed the, the, you know, the fun of it all. And so he just refused to have uh, inmates in his office unless there was another woman in the room uh, to avoid that whole thing. So,
1: Yes, that's exactly right. I would never have a female inmate um, in my office or anything with me alone. I would always have a female right there.
0: Yeah, I think that's smart. Now, when uh, you first brought up talking about Carla Faye Tucker and, and anybody that's not familiar, again, we did this uh, episode sixty uh, back in June of twenty nineteen. If you want to go back and listen, it was a good one. Uh, I listened to it again just to kind of refamiliarize myself with her story, but. A very fascinating story of uh, of a woman kind of, you know, just raised in a fucked-up environment, of course, with a mother that was just awful. And then, uh, you know, brought up around a lot of, you know, bad characters, got mixed up with some bad people, lots of drugs, kind of the perfect storm text for just a really uh, bad outcome.
1: Yeah, you know, when your mom is is uh watching you roll a joint and says no 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 let me show you how to do it right kind of a kind of fucked up childhood
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and i mean the whole groupy thing i mean just very disturbing the kind of stuff she was doing with her mother uh very very fucked up and uh just hanging around a lot of really bad people and of course that one night where things got really out of hand they went to uh pay that guy a visit that was supposedly you know had hit her girl or one of her friends and they went to his place and things got out of hand and she fucking busts out the pickaxe dude that's some brutal shit there
1: yeah it is all over a motorcycle it was in parts yeah man uh she got the pickaxe just to make him quit making noise
0: right yeah, because they beat him with the ball-peen hammer, and he was gurgling and making noise, and she wanted it to stop. So just had a, happened to have a pickaxe laying around the house. I don't know what the deal was with that, but, yeah, she put it right through his chest. Uh, and uh, that female, too, that they found under the covers. Talk about wrong place, wrong time, man.
1: Yeah, talk about a one that was a one night stand gone wrong.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's some bad karma though. You're cheating on your husband and have some shit like that. Go down.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so the real controversy though, started with her in prison. And of course, uh, now was she in the unit when, when you were there?
1: No, I was still in the army at that time. Uh, okay, actually we were in Germany. Um, really didn't like we were talking about, uh, Last episode really weren't paying attention to Texas at that time, but you know right Just doing what a 25 year old does.
0: Right, right. And so uh, so you weren't there, but what uh, you know where would she have been when she was when she was serving her time?
1: Um, she was at the Mountain View unit in Gatesville, Texas. Um, they house protective custody, death row, um, crisis management, which is uh, um, like your mental health ward, uh, they house general population and they house administrative segregation there. So it's a pretty much a do it all unit.
0: Okay. And where in the state is Gatesville, at Tex?
1: It's pretty much right slap dab in the middle. Okay. Um, it's just north of Fort Hood.
0: Okay. Okay, interesting. Now, uh, that's where she was, and that is that where she would have been uh, up until her execution then?
1: Yeah, um, the day before her particular execution, they flew her out on the uh, TDCG, TDCJ um, airplane and flew her to, to Huntsville. Normally what they'll do is they'll have a convoy um, and go, uh, take a convoy there with cars.
0: Right. But, but she got a lot of media why. attention. Maybe that's why they did it that way?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Cause yeah, because that was a
0: shitstorm. I mean, I remember we covered it on the episode. We had the fucking Pope. You had the, like, Prime Minister of Italy. I mean, like, all these random people just going, you know, to the mat for her. And um, George Bush was like, fuck you. And she's got executed. But, uh, I can imagine that, uh, you know, from what we talked about, that it was all over the media, a lot of protesters, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, they even had uh, the same, pretty much the same people that um, were in support of the the West Memphis Three were in support of Carla Faye as well, like Pearl Jam, a bunch of bands, Green Day. Okay. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, and I can't imagine, you know, being in a prison environment, which is difficult enough, but when you got protesters and stuff outside, what is that like?
1: Now, at Mountain View, they didn't really have any protesters like that, I don't believe. Um, I asked some folks at work, and they were saying that while she was there, there were no protesters. But once she got to Huntsville, and it was uh, the day before and the day of her execution, um... There were plenty of protesters, both or actually it was for and against the death penalty, um, and it's pretty much uh, nowadays at least they're pretty much segmented and cut off from each other, so there's there's no real confrontation. Everybody just uh, you know has their opinion to give, right. and you know, the media goes up and interviews whoever they want to interview.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously with the security at a prison, I mean, they're not going to be able to get behind the gates. So they're just outside the gates with signs and, and that sort of thing, just like you'd see, like, on TV and stuff.
1: That's exactly correct. Exactly like you see on TV.
0: Right, right. Now, uh, you had mentioned about the, the inmates getting these interviews. Is that pretty customary, like before an execution where the the media is granted access to interview inmates like that?
1: Yes, it uh, it goes through the unit warden and then goes up through our public information office, um, and then if the interview is granted, uh, like with Pierre Morgan or or whoever, Doctor Phil, um, they'll come down and they'll go to the uh, visitation room and just conduct their their interviews in there.
0: Very cool. So if Murder Metal Mayhem wanted to do an interview before an execution, I wonder if they would grant that. You know,
1: hey. Go through the public information office, man. Dude,
0: that'd be the shit. <laughs> I, can't, be. I can't imagine the look on your face. when you, They're going to be doing <laughs> what? Are you fucking crazy? Nice. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to do lunch, dinner, breakfast, all kinds of stuff if I actually came down there for that. That'd be crazy. Um, yeah. So they do these interviews and then... You know how, but if she was only there for that day before and day of, I was thinking that they were there like longer, or was that just because of her that she was just there for a short period of time?
1: No, it's, it's, uh, the day or the day before on the day of, okay. that they're actually in Huntsville. Uh, the interviews that I was talking about would be at like their, um, like mountain view for women.
0: Oh, I see. They'd before there, they get there.
1: Or, right. Or Polanski unit for the males.
0: Okay. Now, uh, once they get to Huntsville where they do the executions, as you said, both males and females are executed there. Um, what kind of things happen leading up to an execution? I mean, is it the typical stuff you see, you know, in the movies and so forth where, you know, you have the visitors, the last meal, all that kind of thing, or, or is that not true?
1: No, for that last 24 hours, um, they get to have, uh, and I don't know the exact timeline, but uh, they get to pretty much use the phone, all they want to call family members, um, people on their visitation list. Right. Uh, they can have uh, their spiritual advisor in there, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And okay. also the last meal. The last meal consists of um, whatever uh, meal that the, the regular inmates in the prison
0: house yeah we talked about that in our last episode we just did on kenneth mcduff i found that very interesting and you said that's been a somewhat newer thing in texas because they used to do this whole last meal thing but i think some of these guys were probably ridiculous with that shit and so they just did away with it which i don't think is such a bad thing
1: no i I think they should get whatever the, the general prison population gets as well right another thing that uh we just stopped doing in Texas. Um, They changed the policy about the spiritual advisor that's in the actual death chamber. Oh
0: yeah, what was that about that? You talked about this Uh, not long ago.
1: Right. Uh, When we did the Texas 7 episode, um, what happened was Patrick Murphy, he's one of the last two that's still on death row. Um, I guess he turned Buddhist in his time in, in death row and he had asked for a Buddhist... Um, clergymen to come in there Right. we don't have those Um, we were going to give them a non-denominational and so his uh, execution got put back basically because we didn't have a Buddhist um, clergyman available for him so now we've changed our policy that we're not allowing any kind of clergyman into the death chamber
0: interesting Interesting. Well, I could see, see why, you know. I mean it's it could get to be a fiasco, I'm sure, trying to get this thing done. Now, um, anything about Carla Fay, I know you referenced a book that you were familiar with. I've never read any books about her, but was there anything about her case and the way the you know, the religious component of it went down that you wanted to kind of elaborate on while we're talking about her again?
1: She actually and her, she wrote a letter to George Bush um, when he was governor, and to try to get her uh, her execution commuted to life without the possibility of parole. Um, and she said, uh, "What did she say? Basically, um, don't don't use my gender as a reason to commute my sentence." base it purely upon um, my rehabilitation and not the person that I was when I committed the crime Um, she didn't really well she did mention religion in there but she didn't really want him to base it upon that either
0: interesting and obviously he didn't agree with her
1: (laughs) no he didn't (laughs) right right (laughs) Another thing I wanted to bring up, too, was, uh, I don't know if you, do you know anything about another inmate? Her name was Pam Perillo. No. She was on death row when Carla Faye Tucker got there. um, And she had already, or she had spent 20 years on death row. And when she, when Pam Perillo was there, there were two. Uh, women on death row and then Carla Faye Tucker got there and she was actually scheduled to be the first woman executed instead of Carla Faye. She was within two days of her execution date and the Supreme Court um, got her sentence or I'm sorry they got her to have a retrial and so Carla Faye's date, Got pushed in front of hers, and then oh, she got, wow. yeah, she got commuted to um, life without the possibility of parole in two thousand during her retrial, but before that, as you know, um, Carla Fay was executed, and I think Carla Faye being executed had something to do with her um, her death sentence being commuted,
0: huh.
1: We didn't. They didn't really want to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? Right,
0: right. They didn't want
1: to deal with a media fiasco or anything like that. Oh wow! So interesting. That didn't last. That really didn't last too long, though. Yeah. Also, in in the year 2000, uh, there was another inmate that got executed. Another female inmate, Betty Lou Beats.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So i guess our fear of the media didn't last too long
0: yeah well like most things you go to the next shiny object right so yeah yeah well very interesting and yeah of course you know when whenever you bring in you know the 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 female component uh people tend to get more sympathetic you know it's obviously our our society the way it is it's uh It's that way and it's, you know, people try to buck that, but it is hard to fight that instinctual, you know, uh, feeling toward women that's obviously different than males. I mean, people feel more sympathetic and, you know, I, I didn't think she was an attractive woman, but there were people that said she was attractive, you know, and, and, you know, get the woman on death row attractive, you know, and the whole sensationalism of the crime, and, you know, oh, woe is me. She was raised, you know, in a drug uh, environment with a bad mother, which is certainly not, you know, not a stretch. But, you know, I don't know if it, it excuses any of that kind of behavior. I think it's just natural for us to, to feel that way.
1: Yeah. And the Pam Perillo thing is the thing I wanted to bring up um, because her story pretty much paralleled Carla Faye Tucker's. Really? Yeah. Um, if uh, you could check her out, we could do an, an episode on her too.
0: Oh, cool. Um, yeah.
1: The pamperillo thing, man. Uh, and Carla Faye Tucker, their stories pretty much are parallel, except for pamperillo's Perillo's, uh, you know, her life or her death penalty uh, got commuted to life without the possibility of parole. Right. And she's actually still there.
0: Wow. Interesting. Did she have orgasms when she buried an axe into somebody's chest, though? I mean, that that was pretty wild.
1: <laughs> no, I think she had, or- she had an orgasm when she put a machete the some dude.
0: Oh, damn. Oh, fuck. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do this one then. I'll check her yeah. out. That's for sure. Well, very cool. Anything else you wanted to add, Tex, about this case before we uh, end this brutal rewind? Number one.
1: That pretty much wraps it up, man.
0: Well, that's cool. Uh, I'm definitely glad we got a chance to revisit it. Like I said, Carla Faye Tucker, one of the more popular episodes we've done, it was episode 60 in uh, June of 2019. If you want to go back and listen to the original, and then uh, now you've heard some updates uh, from Tex, who, of course, has uh, up to, to 10 years' experience working with Uh, inmates in the Department of Corrections there in Texas, so that's a very cool experience to have and thanks Tex for coming on and talking to us, we sure appreciate it man
1: yeah man, thank you for having me on again
0: of course, of course, and you guys listening, remember this uh, Brutal Rewind's been brought to you by Shaker Cigar Bar of Milwaukee uh, America's Most Haunted Bar you can book a tour, seance or one of their Jeffrey Dahmer Cream City Cannibal Tours, go to hangmantours.com. And uh, thanks for listening to Murder Metal Mayhem. You can listen to us, of course, online on any podcast player or go to mayhem.com and uh, stream the episodes. Uh, everything out there is free. So we appreciate it. And until next time, we'll uh, do another Brutal Rewind on your ass. Mother! Mother! Man!